This is Working the Beat. I'm Kevin Coney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us as it is a Tuesday as we're taping this. Another week in quarantine as we collectively hit one month now into the great quarantine of 2020. Um, Obviously, you know, this is uh, the week where all the health experts are telling us this is going to be uh, the surge week and maybe the plateau week. Maybe. Maybe in this part of the country. Uh, Obviously, the numbers have been awful as we are now over, believe it's over 11,000 dead in the United States. Um, And yet there's sports conversation to be had, Mike Kern, and we can we're going to talk about that. We should tell people uh, we have a couple guests lined up uh, coming up Friday. Kevin Nagandi has agreed to join us. So uh, Kevin will join us. Uh, I don't know what time yet, but Kevin has said that he is going to join us on Friday. We are hopeful, Shane Victorino, we can get at some point here in the next week or so uh, to talk little memories of the 08 Phillies, a little bit of the state of baseball. He's living in Las Vegas, so kind of how everything is out there. Uh, and we have Colleen Wolf do up, and we have a couple other guests in the uh, can. We have actually have a good one coming up, too, and I'll, I'll wait until I get that more finalized. Mr. Kern, how are you? Vegas must look like a freaking ghost town. It must. I can't um, imagine what Vegas is like right now. I cannot. It's, it's Well, it's like it is here, I'm assuming. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I am completely, um, what's the right word? Frustrated. Uh, it, Perplexed? People who just don't listen to what they're telling us to do just irritates me. Mm-hmm. You have... People in states that are not "quote unquote" shut down yet, yeah, because they haven't seen what we've seen. Well, that's all the more reason to shut down, so you don't get like we are. Like, what part of that is hard to understand? I don't. I. And I I'll, understand people have to eat and people have to live mm-hmm. and people. I, I I'm not that stupid that I don't understand the two sides that are pulling at each other but um i don't know and, i guess I'm just and i'll admit that i i ran out about 20 minutes ago um to just go get like a, a cup of coffee at dunkin donuts but that's okay. not what i'm talking no about. no 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 but I, l- yeah. let me tell you a story yeah. so and the one i go to is on woodhaven road over near where santucci's is and all that okay the gas station one that i know where you're at yeah okay so as I drive, you see joggers, and that's fine. I'm not bad-mouthing joggers and everything, but, like, three or four people jogging side by side. And it's like, that's not the purpose of this. This is not what you are scheduled to be doing. Now, if obviously, if you live together, you have an idea on where people have been. Maybe it's a little easier, but, you know, there's a lot of people out right now, you're right, who are just, I, I don't see the purpose on what they're doing, you know? But you don't know where they've been. No, you, I'm just you know, saying in would, general. It would be easy for me to say this weekend, let's say for sake of argument, my daughter lives in Baltimore, mm-hmm. say, well, you know what, we're going to drive down there, or they're going to drive here, it's just going to be the four of us, mm-hmm. be her, her husband, us, we know we're okay, and you know what, we may be. 
But you don't know that. Like, and I understand it's getting too extreme. The toughest part of all this, Kevin, and I hate to keep being the the the, the whatever the net is when we're coming out of this, the transition to back to some sense of normalcy is people are going to jump in. Mm-hmm. Both There's not going to be a transition. And I understand. And it was all this baseball thing that we're going to talk about. I get it. There's the need out there. Don't, don't give me, please. I know people need stuff. I ain't watching guys play, play video games. Come on. If that works for some people, I'm all in. I'm more into the classic games than the, than the video game stuff. But, but they're doing video NASCAR races, and people are getting in fights over it. Mm-hmm. I, am I losing my mind? No. The drivers are getting, like, catching flack on Twitter about, like, the, the, the virtual race. I have a feeling I know the answer to this. Have you ever seen the Simpsons movie? I've not ever seen The Simpsons. I mean, I know of The Simpsons. I've seen clips, but I don't watch okay. The Simpsons. If you've seen The Simpsons movie, which is, you know, was actually pretty good. Um, the, I'm not going to spoil it, but it ends up where, like, the town ends up getting sealed off from the rest of the Most world. Most people have probably seen it. I don't think you're right. spoiling it for anybody but no. me. <laughs> okay. Like, the town ends up getting sealed off from the rest of the world. Okay? Like, a big dome goes over the town. Mm-hmm. And it shows the progression of day 28 under the dome and all that. That's basically what this has been like and how people became stir crazy with it. And I think that's what you're talking about. It, well, it's people have become crazy because they don't know. They, and I understand that I, I'm going, I, I mean, I'm going crazy and I'm the kind mm-hmm. of person that can sit in front of the TV for a month and a half and watch 12 hours of endless TV. The problem is we have 300 million people in this country, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Give or take. Uh, 250 million of them or, or more could do what we're supposed to do. But if the other 50 million don't, for whatever reasons, and the other problem is it's a global thing, not just an American thing. No, it's... It... Um, you know, we're going to come out of this at some point. You know, I was talking to some guy today about this golf conference we were supposed to have in Valley Forge in the end of May or early June that had to get canceled mm. and we're going to have it next year. And he was asking me, well, what do you think for dates next year? And all this? I said, I said, are you like a hundred percent sure? Like by next May, we're going to be okay to have a conference. And I, you know, the words just came out of my mouth. I mean, I'm assuming by then we're going to be okay. I'm assuming we'll be okay before then, but I don't know I, until they tell me there's a, a vaccine that they're going to go around and give everybody vaccines or until they can figure out. Yeah. You know, oh, you're like right. they have tests. They're coming up with this test where they can say, "Okay, Kevin, you have it or you don't." So if they tell you you don't, hmm. that means you can get it next week. You know, I mean, I don't know. I well, I just, and that leads us to the main topic of the day, um, which is Major League Baseball. And you know, I mentioned this on Twitter. Uh, there's a there's a pattern that has developed with Rob Manfred that he floats trial balloons um, in public, much more so than uh, Bud Selig did or anybody else. And the latest trial balloon that got floated out there would be the season starting in May, which I think is a long shot anyway, because I think you're going to have to build these guys' arms back up and, you know, and all that. Uh, at In Arizona, all 30 teams quarantined in hotels Basically planned for five months 
unless they get an all clear from the authorities to to do that. Um, and it would involve basically everything being held fanless at the spring training sites in Arizona and at Bank One Ballpark. Uh, it's similar to kind of what we've heard from the NBA uh, with pot, potentially Las Vegas. Um, but this this sounds a little more ambitious, doesn't it, Mike? And my answer to you would be why? Like, like what are we trying to say? If the, if the purpose is to make money that we're losing, okay, I understand that. If the purpose is to give Americans something that they can't get, and if baseball is the only thing being played at that point, mm-hmm. yes, people are going to – but what are you putting the players through? And I get it. They're getting paid lots of money. Okay. You're going to tell them they're going to be away from their families for four or five months? Um, and, and I just think, like, if they'd said maybe we're going to do this on July 1st and we're going to have an abbreviated season – I might buy into it more. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already pushed golf tournaments back into the fall. Well, I want to get them um, in the. I want to get to them in a yeah. minute. But go ahead. Uh, I I just don't. I, first of all, I think May's. I didn't say when in May. I'm assuming it'd be late May. Yeah, probably around um, Memorial Day. Uh, it, it and, and why Arizona? What like is Arizona? Not Arizona. I, I should actually point out Arizona, according to the figures per capita is I think 21st in the country in COVID-19 um, okay. di- outbreak as okay. far as diagnosis and everything. Right. Um, I, I mean, but the reason is, I think, because there's like 11 minor league stadiums within 30 yeah, miles. They're all within so. 50 miles. There's like 12 stadiums that okay. can be used between and Scottsdale and And you're going to have to get umpires to, to agree to this. You're going to have to have some people in in the stadium um, to work for the teams or 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 – you know, something along those lines, um, ground crew. Um, I, I don't know. I understand why people want to get, I don't want to sound like I'm the guy in the room that's just saying people like, but, and, and I guess we're going to get into this, but I mean, college football has come up. There was some interesting stuff today in college football. The Notre Dame athletic director said, why are we going to play if there's not people in the stands? Like that's the reason for playing, mm-hmm. especially at the college level. Um, because of the cash you, you involved. floated the idea of, well, maybe the first couple games you don't play with fans and then you, you gradually move up to that. And again, I just say, if, if you know, if, if people are going to do this to give us something, I, I understand that. If we think on September, the first week, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. The first week in September that there's going to be NFL stadiums filled. Boy, I don't know. I think I'm more with Kirk Herbstreet on that one, but um, I'm not a doctor. Maybe this thing goes away at some point. Um, well, and let me let me break down. But if we do these things, Kevin, if sports does these things and it brings some level of danger back into it, which I'm not saying it would, right? But I'm just saying if it does, then what have we accomplished? Well, let me point out that baseball put a, a release out there today. Uh, after the stories broke, Ken Rosenthal was the first one, I think, in The Athletic. Jeff Pazon at ESPN mentioned this as well. All the usual suspects. All the usual, yeah. Um, baseball puts out a press release today saying it's one of many ideas they're k- kicking around, and it's right. not going to happen until they get approval from, you would assume, from the White House, although that could be really quickly. Um, 
but from public health officials and states and all that. So let me give the usual disclaimers, and that's the MLB thing. This is half thought out. I almost used another term um, for a number of reasons. One, you know, we talk baseball is not a sport that has a ton of contact. Okay, like it's not football, it's not the NBA, it's not the NHL where guys are leaning on each other and all that. However, there's enough close contact in other ways. Dugouts are very cramped, especially if you're going to play in spring training facilities. Yeah, but everybody would be quarantined, Kevin. So they, in, in theory, it doesn't matter if those guys are six feet away from each other because they would have all been given a clean bill of health so they can't get sick. Well, they were all given a clean bill of health at certain points, but you know, and you and I talked about this last week a little bit. It's not a matter of getting it from the people within your bubble. You know, if you, if you're staying in a hotel, you are going to run into maids and chefs and waiters and all that who you can't control in that bubble. You can't control that group in the bubble. And if you can't control that group in a bubble, then you have a risk of it coming in. And that's where I I think that this is kind of half-assed. But that's going to be the risk in August, September, October, November. And and I don't deny that. risk until it goes away. And I don't know when that day is. You don't know when. Fauci probably doesn't know when that day is. So to, to say that, and that's, I guess... The, the, the argument here from people who are pro who say you can't wait for that day. Cause if you wait for that day, we're going to be a dust bowl again, like 1930s. Um, my argument would be people are going to get hurt, but when the economy comes back, even if it's nine months from now or a year from now, it will come back strong. Cause once people, now you might lose people along the way, you lose restaurants, you lose this year, but when it comes back, people like you and I, We'll be going out and doing what we did before. But the the second part of this is you can't even think about bringing stuff back until testing is more available for the general public. It will look very bad for Major League Baseball and the NBA and all of this if they're, okay, let's say it's 50 people who are going per team, 30 teams. So how many, I'm not good at math. Uh, 50 times 30 is what? 1,500 people? Yeah, but in theory, those people would have been cleared. This is what- No, no. What I'm saying is with testing, if those people move to the front of the line because they are athletes, okay? But that's to, all to open. I, I, under, I understand, but I think Major League Baseball doesn't realize it, and I think maybe the government doesn't realize that in this haste to get everything uh, a semblance of normal coming back, you can't jump people over when you have, when you that. have testing shortages in other spots. Yeah. But Kevin, they've already done that. And and it, it goes back to the thing that if you're a rich person and you can afford to figure out a way you're going to get, this is America. This is, this is what happens if a certain amount of athletes or people are, are te- and, and you can make the argument that if you ask a hundred million people in America, would you rather have those people jump to the front line so we can have something to watch? They might say, yeah. You know, people are so starved right now for something to divert them that things are going to get lost along the way. It, it just that's just that's just human nature. Um, 
We might have golf tournaments with no fans. You could make the same argument. What about the other people at the golf tournament that have to be there? Marshals, um, rules, whatever, rules, rules officials, guys, um, broadcasters, you know, whatever, right. whatever. There, there's always going to be an element until it's eradicated. There's always going to be that element of, you know, somebody could have it. Realistically, I, realistically, do you think MLB's plan goes through? Not in May. I, I just don't see it happening, but I, you know, I mean, it was like we talked about the NBA thing. If the NBA thought it was a good idea to go to one site, mm-hmm. whatever that site would be, make sure it's clean, make sure the players are good, and take these 16 playoff teams and play the playoffs there for a month, a month and a half. And everybody agreed to it. And maybe they raise a lot of money. I, maybe they don't, but may, maybe that's the way you couch it. Um, I'm all for that. I, I I don't have a problem with that. But to even think that you're going to go back in arenas with people um, in the next two to three months, I think is just, it's ambitious. It is. Let's put it that way. If it happens, wonderful. But as we have said a hundred times and other people said a hundred times, if you go back and there's a relapse and then you got to shut it all down again what have you accomplished and the president likes to say hey if you don't try you know i i understand he's in a i get what he's saying i i I do i'm not sitting here blaming the president but at some point you do have to base things on some kind of medical facts Mm -hmm. and if the medic if if all the medical people come out and say hey you know what it's okay we think it's okay in our in our best uh, our best scenario. I'm fine. Go, go do it. But we've already pushed golf tournaments back to the fall. Um, where you're not even maybe talking about having fans. I, I don't know if there's going to be fans at Augusta and all the people the, when the, when the directors, of these golf tournaments talk, they're saying the same thing. Right. We don't know. We don't know what, if it's going to be safe at Wingfoot in, in, um, in September for the Ryder yeah. Cup. Can you imagine the fans at the Ryder Cup? Or no I mean, fans at the Ryder Cup. I, that's that's likely at this point. Um, I'm sure the Ryder Cup right now, this minute, is thinking they're going to have fans. Because it's late September. Uh, and I'm not saying they won't. I just would would not like to see in, in early September, we're back, there's fans, and then all of a sudden we see an outbreak somewhere, wherever that might be. Um, I think that would be more. I think I think that would be more demoralizing than not having it. Yeah, I agree. But there is that side of it, and I get it. Where Trump says, and and I'm not, I'm using just Trump as an example. But people say we got to get back. We can't allow this to go. You know, and other countries now are trying to figure that out. I was reading a story about Germany's trying to figure out. You know, they got the biggest economy in Europe. How, well, how do we well, get the Korean the Korean the Korean leagues have been trying to gear it back up here. And they're right. having trouble because every time it looks like they're taking a step or the Chinese basketball right. league, there's been a there's been a there's been a dial back. And there, there's part of me, Kevin, and it's not realistic, that would just say screw twenty twenty. Just you know, twenty twenty never happened. It's off the map. We're, we're, we're not going to worry about anything like in to, to, now that's never going to happen. I, I, but 
I think if you did something like that, we probably would get that. Now, would we get it out of this from being a recession or being a, a depression or right. well, yes, probably. Um, um, let me, let me so, go, let me go back to the NBA here. Um, Cause you don't even mention the NHL doing. No, no, no. I'm doing this like chronologically. Oh no, no. But I'm saying the NHL, like nobody, nobody even thinks about that. No. It's like, um, we have the hottest team in hockey. Yeah. The, the, the NBA, uh, Adam Silver was on last night with Ernie Johnson on a Twitter uh, talk, which I actually watched, um, and said that he won't make a decision on May 1st. That uh, pretty much, you know, on anything, whether they're going to, you know, wait yeah, another and month. That's, or, and that's a smart, that's a smart man. Um, but I can't, um, there has to be a point here for both the NBA and the NHL, you know, you could keep delaying it. You could keep saying, okay, we could go to September. You can go to, uh, at some point there is a drop, uh, a, 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 a season drop point. Sure. And how much longer can they wait beyond May 1st? Here's what has to happen first. Forget that. Forget, forget the, the commissioners. The president on May the 1st, has to decide has whether to make some kind. Of, he has said April thirtieth. Okay, how about we let the president say something? He may come out on May first and say, "This is still horrible. We we can't open up the country yet." Mm-hmm. Um, which makes anything the commissioner would tell me it doesn't matter. No, but, or he may come out on May first and say, "You know what? We've made a lot of progress." I think, yeah. You know, and judging by the way Trump came out last week and said, you know. There's no reason why the NFL can't play. I'm sure he's leaning that way because he has to. And oh, by the way, we're having an election this year. You know, that's yeah, it's another in the next four years of our country and the world, which people seem to be losing track of that so we can play baseball. I hate to explain this to people because sports is important to us. Mm-hmm. It's very important. But it can't be the most important thing in the world. Uh, and Mike, I don't think anybody's saying it's the most important thing. I think that people no, but, look but, at it though as it's a natural indicator on life in general. And yes. but Kevin, but there's also, there's also a point people, that wouldn't a, a, a society of, of um, what's I, I'm not going to come up with the right word, but wouldn't you sit there and say, let's get through April. Let's see where we're at on, on May the 1st. Let's see what the president says on May 1st, since that's the date. And then we'll, why couldn't every commissioner just come out and say that? Why couldn't they say, we're going to wait till May 1st, see where we're at, and then we'll try to come up with something. No, instead you have these baseball writers floating ideas who obviously got them from sources that were trying to get the ideas out there. Yeah, they weren't um, They weren't spitting in the wind here. I, I just, as I go, I'll go back to my premise, Kevin. I love sports as much as anybody. Not as much as anybody, but I love sports. Mm-hmm. I want to see sports. I don't want to see them in some goofy form that I, I, I that, but okay, I get it. But you can't put sports over life. No. You can't. I don't care what planet you're from. And if, as you say, how do we know? And there may have to be a point where we cross that bridge and take a chance. Well, if we get there's this, also if gonna, we get this thing fairly under control. There's also got to get this thing fairly under control. Well, but uh, and for the two leagues that were in season, the M- the NBA and the NHL, there's also a point of, you know what, it stinks that we may not have a champion this year, but we can all regroup, we can all start in 
November, December, or whatever next year. In other words, not salvaging one season for the sake of having, uh, for the sake of damaging two seasons. You know what I mean? Well, next season might have to be even, even forget whatever happens with this season. Maybe next season has to be a 50-game season that you don't start till January. I don't know this. I'm just throwing things out there mm-hmm. that you may not be able to go, you know, right from an abbreviated season if you have one to to full-fledged. I, I don't know. What do you think? Let me ask this. Let me pose it this way. Sure. Do you think that the people, a whole lot of people in New York City right now care if there's sports in May? Or Los Angeles? Or, um, or if you've had loved ones who died. You see, you're right. I mean, in the grand scheme of life, no, it, it doesn't mean anything. But okay. I think I always think of Keith Olbermann always told a story about uh, he was working uh, during 9-11 and he ran into a um, he ran into a, a New York cop at that point. And this is a couple days later. And um, they're standing there, and he goes, um, cop goes, oh, you know, this is awful and everything. And, and, you know, Keith and him are having a conversation. He goes, "Uh, God, I hope they come back, meaning the the Mets and the Yankees at that point. And he goes, and Oberman goes, how can you think of that? You know, with everything going on. And he goes, you're right. It doesn't matter. He goes, but for three hours a night, I could put my feet up. And pretend that it does. 9-11 is different, Kevin. Oh. It's not a con- contagious disease that you can get or I can get. It affected one part of the co- or a couple parts of the country. But I didn't say one part. Uh, Mike, what, I, a, what I'm, I get it. What I'm what? saying is that there are people who I think are just wanting an escape for a couple hours. It is But those people are not putting their lives on the line. No. I I I, I don't disagree with and I'm getting thrills out of watching the Phillies play the Braves. That's great. But I'm not putting if if there's people putting their life at risk, why is that? Why is my 3 hours more important than that? I don't get it. And somebody and I know people are going to tell me, "Mike, you're an idiot." You, you know, you can't think like that. There's people that died during seasons of cancer and this and that and the flu for crying out loud. This is different. Yeah, I don't see the flu analogy being used that much anymore, but, but that's all we are. Story. But it was three weeks ago. It was. Okay? I'm saying is we're under siege. Mm-hmm. We don't know where this is going. Detroit, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York. There's going to be others, I'm guessing. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Florida, I think this is going to hit Florida at some point. Oh, it's okay. hit in Florida. It, okay. Oh, it's bad. I mean, bad. I mean to, to, uh, it's surging quick. Right. So why am I thinking about baseball? Uh, that that's my. I don't. I love golf. My the furthest thing from my mind right now is when they're going to play the Memorial Golf Tournament, which is I think the first tournament back. right now that's scheduled to be back. Or when they're going to play the U.S. Open. or when, The British Open did the right thing. Hey, this is bad. Our prime minister's in ICU for crying out loud. You know what? We're going to cancel it. And we're going to move it back to next year. And it's going to be at Royal St. George. And we're going to take the, and then move St. Andrews to, to the next year for the 150th anniversary. What is so hard about that? 
I don't get So do you think Augusta should have canceled? If they can play in November and it's okay, I have no problems with it. But I'm saying is why are we so is it the money? Is it is it to crown a champion at Augusta? If 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 it's to crown a champion at Augusta for the year 2020, I don't care. I yeah. really don't. If Rory McIlroy wins or Dustin Johnson wins or Tiger Woods somehow defends, I don't care. If it's for the money, I understand it. I get it. You're losing lots of money. I don't know if Augusta is going to recoup it in by having it in November. But at this point, the prime minister of Great Britain could die. And I would be worried about if they're going to have a British Open in July or Wimbledon. No. And to me, what you do is you just go along and whatever that date is, July 1st, whatever, you just pick up where it was. You say, okay, we're going to finish the rest of our golf season. That, that's my way of looking at it. Or we're going to have the U.S. Open tennis tournament in September if we can. Or the Kentucky. You know, I, to me, once it's gone, it's gone. Right. That's me. But and I know, am, I'm not the guy writing the and, checks. And, and, you know, I'm not the guy, you know. Girardi would be better. Like, the, the, the tricky part, like, for the horse races is the fact that those horses can only run this year. It's not like you say, hey, come on back. You can't so you off. missed the Kentucky Derby. I know. So it's like an athlete that misses the Olympics this year and can't go next year. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't. Once again, Kevin, I don't care. I don't care that there's going to be 100,000 people in Louisville on I mean, it's Labor Day point, weekend. Yes, the, co- the country will have events and we will get back to, to being the country and we'll have pr- maybe it'll be a Mummer's Day parade on January 1st. It'll be the, the Mardi Gras next year or Thanksgiving Day parade or, or whatever. But when it comes, why can't we just pick up life where it was? And why the- can't we just say, OK, you know, the NBA and NHL can't have a season this year. Yeah, they missed it. Too bad. Baseball maybe has a, a, a half a season. Um, why? I, I, um, I, I just don't get. By the way, the NHL idea, you brought up the NHL. Um, the NHL's idea, which Ellie Freeman from Sportsnet up in Canada um, has brought up, is apparently the NHL is exploring playing in one site, kind of like the NBA. Mm-hmm. That site would be Bismarck, North Dakota. Right. Um, at basically North Dakota State. And where they have a couple rinks around and everything, and just go right into the playoffs and all that. So, mm-hmm. I, I you know we've talked about the NBA plan, we talked about the baseball plan. I should throw out there the uh, NHL plan. The NFL announced this week that they are going to have the draft via home. Um, GMs, coaches, everybody, basically having Zoom meetings and uh, then sending in their picks to uh, the commissioner who'll be at his house. So. Uh, that's of course in, I want to say two and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, 23rd. Um, do you have a problem with this? Well, we're doing it virtually. I don't, if you're doing it virtually, I mean, it could cause problems for who you draft or, but that, but that again, I guess you have to have the NFL draft. I mean, I, I, I postponing that till July. I don't know what that would do for anyone. I may be the biggest idiot in the room, Kevin, but again, my thought is, at least for athletic events that are happening, you just cancel them. And when you reach a certain point when you can play again, let's say that's the fall, 
let's say the college athletes can play in the fall. Then you start and you start playing. All these contingency things are driving me up a wall. They're worse than not having it because they're just conjecture. They're just, let's throw 50 things against the wall, see which one sticks, and maybe we'll do that. So you have people sit there and they get all excited and they don't get excited or whatever it is. And then it turns out the Fauci comes out in May and says, nah, I don't think so, people. And then you got to go all the way back to the drawing board and start over. People are going to get pissed. Owners are going to be pitted against owners. Um, Because now everybody thinks the NFL is starting on the first week in September because basically they said so. Okay, maybe they will. But what if they don't? It's funny looking at the reaction. The NFL's medical officer says, basically, if we don't have testing, yeah, then exactly. there's no way we can do this. And the NFL's lead counsel, uh, Jeff Pash, was the one who said, yeah, we're full stadiums, everything. We're, we're good to go, you know, as of now. The players are okay with that? That's a, good, that's a great question, too. Because the first player, to, to, uh, but let, let's say you work in the stadium. You're, and, and look, you may need the money. Mm-hmm. By that point, you're an usher, you're, you're a concession guy. Sure. Um, how about the training staff? The guys that are like, you know, in there with them, like, uh, you know, taping their legs. Uh, if everybody. PR goes, guys. I'm not, I'm not going to the stadium. Oh. So I don't care. But if that stadium produces 300 positive case tests that turns into 10,000 in the next two weeks after that, what did we accomplish? Oh, the Chiefs beat the Raiders in the opener. Okay. Really? Like, I I don't get it. Maybe because I'm a 62-year-old guy with diabetes and I can afford to sit in my house Mm -hmm. and and whatever. I don't understand why this, this, I I mean, I do understand it. Oh, it's money. Sports is so much a part of our lives. And half of this is, some of it is about betting. It's not just about the events. It's about, can I bet on something? And and I think also the NFL, fairly or not, the NFL – gets the image of they will do anything for a buck. Well, but so will every other league. I mean, Major League Baseball like, will. When we're talking about when we're talking about the draft, okay? I, I you know, I don't think there's a reason for the draft to go on as scheduled. So what do you do? Push it back. Give me your, give me your alternative. Push it back. And if you if you do have a season the first week in September, is the draft the last week in July? You have to give teams enough time, Kevin. Well, but they're not teams. coming in for OTAs. They're not. I I understand that, but what what would pushing it back accomplish? Let me put it this way: if someone's going to catch the virus doing this, I presume. Um, okay. The only thing is, somebody might make a bad draft. Pick. Well, th- there's a couple other issues here. And this is beyond the coronavirus thing. You know, if we're talking about Zoom, okay, now you and I are talking on FaceTime here, okay? I've been on Zoom with my doctor. Okay. If there have been incidents, the the, the Rangers, the New York Rangers had one last week where Zoom conferences have been broken into. Okay, there, there there's, there's technology flaws here that... If I'm an NFL team, I would be paranoid about, okay? And you're saying, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. But for a competitive business where there is a measure of secrecy and all this, if you're not having every 
thing buttoned up on a technical end to get this done, okay, then I, I don't think it's right to just rush in because this is the plan that so, we so have. So give me the, give me the, the uh, worst case scenario of what happens if, if somebody gets in on the Eagles. What, what are they going to divulge about the Eagles? Okay. I, 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 let, me, let, me play a, let me play a hypothetical. Team A. Yeah. Let's say one in New England, okay, uh, is looking for a quarterback, okay? They snoop in on the Zoom call of Miami, okay, a a division rival. And this is not saying this is happening. This is a hypothetical. They find a way to hack into a call from Miami, and Miami wants to move up to say the number or they're at number five. Okay. Let's say they want to move right. up the number three. Does that accelerate if new England wants to get a quarterback, let's say Tua, that they then try to jump ahead to trade with Washington at number two, Kevin, I think you're taking this to a way bigger level than it needs to be taken. I re- I honestly do. It's the NFL draft. If God forbid, there's probably crap like that going on anyway, by through different means than this, um, I really, I, I, I think we're, we're starting now to get into the silly but, mode. But until you get the technology evened out, is what I'm saying, that you can secure it. Kevin, if all 32 teams sign off on it, then it's okay. If there's two teams that don't want to do it because of whatever, fine. But the commissioner apparently has already got all 32 teams on board, whether reluctantly or not. So I, I don't, at this point, I don't really care. And then there is the image thing. Uh, and, and, you know, as we mentioned with Schefter, Schefter's quote last, last week of doing this as business as usual while, you know, we presume the surge may have passed by then or, or there could be a plateauing and everything. But doing this while he mentioned carnage in the street, it does not look good. I well, think does from, it look any better that baseball's talking about playing? No, I don't think NBA it looks good either. Well, then fine. So, so they're all guilty. Oh. I mean, it's, it's fine if you want to say the NFL. But I'm telling you, we could be sitting there in May or June playing games and people are going to be dying. So what's the difference if you have a draft? I mean, I, I don't I, I don't. If it's, tw- if it's 1,400 a day as opposed to – I hate saying it this way, but – well, you're going to say it, and it's going to sound stupid. Well, I mean... It, it doesn't... Kevin, again, until we're getting a vaccine in our arms and nobody yeah. has it, 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 it's a moot point. It's people... We're, 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 this is like 1918, for crying out loud. This isn't games, fun and games here. And we're talking about playing sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but having a draft, I mean, if you want to push it back a month, hey, fine, push it back a month. I... You know, it, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. Nobody's going to be in the room. I, it, you know, if people, maybe people need that diversion. Maybe that's a good example of people need a diversion without putting anybody at risk, I guess, um, for lack of a better term. And then for a week, everybody in Philadelphia can talk about what the Eagles did or didn't do or mm-hmm. how they screwed up or how they made a great draft pick. I, I don't know. But, you know, this is not a question that's going to go away by September because people are still going to be dying. Um, maybe not as many, um, but there are, I think. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, God forbid, the heat comes in 
And and Fauci gets up there on on June the thirtieth and says, "You know what, people, we're out of it. It's good. It's but you don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that's no. going. It's going. It's got to happen at some point in, in our lives. Yeah, that somebody's going to say, okay, now we can't get sick. We we figured this out. We've and maybe it's two months from now. Maybe it's four months from now. Maybe it's six months from now. I don't know. Um, I want to ask I you. Mean, you can make the same argument about. The draft about why are they playing two K basketball? Oh my! So the guys who are playing and people are writing stories about it, yeah. While people are getting sick and dying, does that make sense? No, I know what you're saying. I I, I just think I don't know. It, it, it's a. I, I think there's a I think there's a coldness though when when big money is involved. You know, two K it's it's not big money. You don't think there's big money involved in that? That people are trying to get people interested in the NBA again and throw stars up on the screen and people are writing stories. It's all about money, Kevin. The whole world's about money. Unless you shut it down and mm-hmm. say to people, don't even come back to me till July first or June or whatever. Pick a date. Don't even come back to us. Then, then anything's fair game. Let me, uh, you know, you can you can plan for a season. You can play, you, and maybe they'll turn out to be right. But until you do that, you can't get on one person for doing or one entity for doing something, and not get on all the other entities. They're all as culpable, you know. Why should Major League Baseball be planning contingency plans? Because they can. Because they can. And that's why the NFL and, and it would be any look. Everybody should have contingency plans right now. I'm not well, sure you. Should, feel, I'm not sure you should be publicizing them at this point. Well, well, hey, look. If you feel better if the NFL draft got pushed back to the middle of May, fine. I got no problems Push it back to the middle of May. But I'm just saying the fact that it's happening, I don't care. Um, you know. Um, it, do, it doesn't bother me just like it doesn't bother me with, you know, when the Eagles let somebody you, go, you want, you want to know what the NFL could do that could actually, well, why didn't they shut down free agency then? Well, that's well, it's the same thing. It's so question. you got to shut down the league. You got to say you can't operate, but they didn't do that. No, it will be so, interesting to see if the NFL does do something because it's going to be a captive audience that nights, those nights of the draft. I think they will be, It'll be subdued. I mean, do you almost make a telethon thing out of it? Is ESPN going to televise it? ESPN, ABC, and NFL Network. Okay. But I I think the the announcers, Mm -hmm. the, well, I don't know how much, I I just think it'll be like when Joe Burrow gets picked. Yeah, it'll be, hey, congratulations, Joe. You're the number one pick. All this, where's to it? But I don't think they'll be as exuberant. Like, I, I don't think Mel Kuyper will be as Mel Kuyper. You know. Less hair gel. That was a bad day. Like, let's let's say, that, is it going to be three days again? Is yep. it, are they going to do it? First, okay. then second and third round, then four through seven. Right. The third so, like, day. let's say, for the sake of argument, a surge hits that day. Mm-hmm. Maybe in L.A. Or, D, or I think they'll come on at the top of the telecast and say, hey, people. Well, and that's why it's going to be interesting. Do you turn it into a telephone? Do you turn it into a, a, a potential? Oh, you mean to make money? Yeah. For... Like to have people. Yeah, one of the problems I think, Kevin, right now is there's so many people asking you for money. Yeah, and there's not and a lot of money in the like, system. You know, support the restaurants, which we should. 
Um, my daughter just she works for, for a company where I made like a little donation to her company because first they're responders. going broke right now. Right. So if I think it's a great idea if they want to say to people, you make it like the um Jerry Lewis thing. Yeah. Hey, if everybody would call in and pledge a dollar, mm-hmm. pledge five dollars, pledge what you can, and all the money, everything is going to go to um the Red Cross or uh, I'd even make it more whatever right. whatever good cause say. I mean, where are they holding it? Where, well, where were they going to hold it? Vegas. If they help, where? Vegas. They were going. To, oh, that's right. 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 Um, I mean, look, they were going to have it in the middle of the Bellagio fountain. By the way, I mean, maybe you, maybe you do this. How about you divided thirty-two ways and gave an equal proportion to every city, like a food like, banker. What? Like you said, okay, New York's got two teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get New England. You know, Philadelphia. Give the money to somebody. Now, I don't, you know, do you give it to Mayor Kenny? I mean, I, I don't know who you give it to. Maybe you give it to the Eagles to distribute. I, mm-hmm. I, there's got to be a way you could do that. That's a great idea. I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe you raise, a, you know, that's what happened after 9 11, right? right. That little, that concert, concert for America, party. right? Right. I mean, yeah. That That's, Kevin, that's, that's a great idea. I'm wondering if they've even talked about it because then you seem. Like you're doing it at least for something good. Good, yeah, and and, and you know, and if, and if you're Joe Burrow, yeah, you're the number one pick. Maybe you get up there and say, you know what, I'm I'm going to donate fifty thousand dollars, right, to Cincinnati or whoever picks them. Oh, it's going to be you Cincinnati, know. you would think. Well, I'm just saying, if somebody trades up and gets them, they're you know whatever. That that then you turn it into an awesome kind of night now. The second and third day, or the third day especially, might get a little, you know, nobody cares about the third day anyway, right? You would think. Usually. No, they, they, you know what? There's there's diehards that are. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I mean, I, 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 I'm not a person who sits and watches the third day. I, I'll, I'll flip around. Yeah. Like if the eagle pick is coming up on the clock or something. I barely get through the second day, to be honest with you, because I. Um, you, you, know, know, you know pretty much people on the second day. You know, yeah, and, and to be honest, I, I I gotta believe that if baseball comes back, and the NBA and the NHL somehow figure out a way to to do something, and even when the, the NFL comes along, there should be something. And I know they do a lot. I'm not saying that they've already donated lots of money, people, but maybe do something the first day back, along the lines of what you just said. Figure out a way to. Have the same thing. Hey, we're opening the NBA playoffs today. There's going to be four games on TNT, whatever it's on. Here's a number. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to pledge a dollar, please. You right. know, we're, we're going to try to really raise a lot of money here. Um. So I was I was going to flip back to golf for a second here. Sure. You know, the, the the PGA has been, and the PGA can maybe pull this off before everybody else because the, the distancing requirements um, are far less, are, are, there's less contact, in, obviously, in golf than there are. You mean the PGA Tour when you say PGA? Yeah, PGA Tour. Okay, okay. And and honestly, all golf, period. Um, uh, they're, they're proposing to come back for the memorial. They've pushed the PGA championship back to August in San Francisco. 
Uh, the U.S. Open is going in mid-September in uh, late September. Late well, se- the week before the Ryder week Cup. before the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup stole on the same week in right. uh, Wisconsin. Then they'll have the FedEx Cup playoff. I think after that, correct? No, the FedEx Cup is going to be like in August in September, like like late August, early September. Have they corrected kind of the wraparound here as far as whether this is counting towards this season or next season? Or I don't think they have. If, if they or, is, have, they or they're not really COVID. caring at this point about. I mean, yeah, because there's going to be there's already some talk. Or I, I was reading a couple stories about some of the tournaments that were already scheduled for like September and October, and they would count towards next year. Okay, they may have to be um, re, uh, whatever, because I think that they, like Augusta, they may have taken like a spot away from them or so. I'm not sure, um, but I that's the other thing. I don't think anybody like. It's kind of like that's why I just don't know what pushing the Masters back till November does, you know. Other than somebody's going to get a green jacket, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, and you say fine, we keep but, we kept it going. Yeah, and the problem with golf is here's the problem with golf is it especially at a bigger event. But even when you put thirty, forty thousand people on a golf course or fifty or whatever, even though they're spread out, they're you know, if Tiger's group's going to have 2,000 people following, mm-hmm. and those people are all over each other, and they're four deep, there's no such thing as a six-foot rule that's going to take, that's going, I can tell you right now, which is why I really think putting fans on a golf course is a problem, um, just like putting 40,000 people in a stadium. You don't, um, you don't see those early PGA events, PGA Tour events having fans, I assume. Well, I think it depends where we are. I mean, the the Memorial, which is a pretty big one, that's Jack's tournament mm-hmm. out in Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. Uh, and I think it's um, like early June. It's, it's the like second June, week in June, I think. Second week in June. It's I the think. former U.S. Yeah. Open weekend. It's Father's Day weekend. They moved it to that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, where are we going to be by June? I, like I, you know, are we still going to be in crisis mode? Are we going to be in semi-crisis mode? Or you know, um, I think Ohio's a state that's starting to get hit a little bit now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but again, my thing would be two things: Do you want to take that chance? And do fans want to take that chance? But like Rory McIlroy said, you know, if one person gets sick, one player. You're going to shut it down. Yeah. If Justin Rose tests positive the week after the Memorial, they ain't having the tournament the week after that. I mean, it's just common sense. So if everything goes right and nobody tests positive, or Kevin Cooney goes to the golf tournament with Mike Kern, and 10 days later, we got symptoms. What does that mean? Yeah. That means that anybody that came close to us at that golf tournament could have got it or might not have. And then when they went back to their actual lives, they could have given it to somebody. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables here. It's like, it's almost like, why are you taking the chance? You know, that's my, my whole thing. You want to have a PGA championship and have a PGA champion and all that. Maybe by that point in the year, it, it does become. Well, and the other part, the, the other part of this too, is the fact that most of these regular tour events, forget the majors. The regular tour events all support community, you know, charities. They're big on the charity end of it. Okay? Sure. 
Right. It, it, it's a fundraiser. Yes. If you don't have people in the stands and if you don't have people working your concessions and, and yeah, the charity's going to lose, the charity's going to lose. So why are you having it? it except like, and, and yet the risk is the risk as you're saying for contagion for not uh, for uh, somebody getting uh, for being contagious is there. So you're right. I, I, I'm not quite sure like how they can pull this off. I'm not because sure these either. tournaments are going to sure take that. a bath financially. You've already had tournaments that have been lost, canceled. Right. The, the players. And I'm assuming their charities just take a hit, or unless somebody steps in. And donates. But but a lot of those businesses are in trouble now, too. Yeah. So they, they're not sitting there, like, floating with money. And my answer would be, so what? And and I know that's a harsh answer, because if I'm the person being helped by that charity. You don't, yeah, you don't want to have to worry about that. Is it worth risking right. people get, getting sick and dying? that's where my problem in all this comes in. It's like, we're making a decision. We're saying, okay, here we go. Um, we really need to do this and we're willing to take the risk. Okay, fine. Take the risk, you know, put Rory McIlroy out there, put Mike Kern in the stands, mm -hmm. um, do whatever you got to. Now, if you're just going to do it so it can go on television and, and somehow if you can figure out a way to maybe make money, like extra money off that, that maybe you can give, I want to see, this is what I'm, I want to see, the first sporting events where fans are in the, I want to see that. I want to see the first time somebody says, whether it's a golf tournament, baseball, NBA, NHL, football, we're bringing fans in the stands this week. I want to see that because I want to see what the reaction is from people because they're going to go out. They're going to go out in the streets in Philadelphia. Are you going to the game? Or Yeah, I'm going to the game. I'm tailgating with 20 of my friends, mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid. And that's great until the first person gets, gets sick. sick. Um, nobody has an answer for that. Oh. No, nobody can give you an answer. Everybody is, we got to go back. We have to make it normal. I couldn't agree more, but not at the risk of hurting more people. The argument against that is you're hurting people by being out because the economy crashes. And I can't argue with that. Um, you mentioned earlier in the show about Jack Swarbrick, uh, Notre Dame's athletic director, saying that, you know, basically, you know, no empty stadiums. You know, Right. Uh, and some other athletic director, I think, kind of agreed with them. I can't remember what school it was. Um, Boston College? Like a fairly big school. Uh, Boston College... Uh, uh, Martin Germond also mentioned about a lot goes in the football weekends, economic stimulus for our whole community, not just us or the athletic department. It's a bigger ecosystem, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, Swarbrick has a dilemma here. Well, it shouldn't be a dilemma. It should be actually already. Because um, of Ireland. They go to Ireland in that first weekend. They're playing Navy. Yeah, well, that game might not get played. No, that game, if it's going to get played, it may get played in this country as opposed to over there. That's one. Yeah. Two. There, one of the conversations about college football that's come up is the fact that uh, they may go just conference games. And if you're Notre Dame, you don't have a conference. Well, they have the Atlantic Coast. They have their seven or eight Atlantic Coast conference games. Well, they, have, they, they, have, five, they have six, yeah. Okay, so they'll play six games. I mean, again, Kevin, my question is, who cares? Why are we so enamored with making sure everything's equitable and, and oh, my God, Notre Dame might only uh. play seven games this year. So what? So, oh, the game might not get played in, in Ireland. 
So what? Who cares? Is that more important? Oh, nobody's saying it's more important. No, no, Mike. But, you, but, but what I'm saying is you're bringing up a quick, like, well, how would it be fair if no? Oh, I'm not saying things? it's a fair. I, I think it's an interesting situation for. Fair has nothing to do with it. Fair has nothing to do with it. And it, 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 if that's the way it breaks, God forbid, everybody's going to put a big asterisk next to the 2020 year. Year. For the most part. Unless the NFL, God bless them, plays all 16 games or plays 12 games or whatever the NFL decides to do, you're going to have the same problem in the NFL. Yeah. If the NFL goes to, let's say, a 12-game schedule or whatever, well, somebody's going to complain at the end of the year. Well, you know, the Eagles, you know, they, they, they got messed up. There's two easy games mm-hmm. they would have played. Yeah. So what? You're right. And so then why are we even yeah. – yes, things – you've got the Masters being played in November. You've got the Kentucky Derby going in September. What more do I need to say? It, the whole world is – the whole sports world is upside down. And we just have to accept that for this year, hopefully just this year, just this year, it's going to be upside down. And that's why I think crowning champions and stuff is kind of like, okay, so, the, you know, the Lakers won the NBA championship. Okay, well, and I guess if the Lakers are the Bucks win, you could say, okay, well, they were the best team teams throughout most of the season. But, you know, what if the Denver Nuggets win the NBA title? It, like, how are people going to look back on that? I you know, hey, in the NHL, the Flyers might have a chance. You know, they might have had a chance anyway if it was just the regular course of events. But I just don't know how people are going to look back. You know, let's say baseball plays seven inning games or, or you know, like David Murphy said today, Bryce Harper bats every inning. <laughs> you know, or we have, you know, we have rosters of 35 people, you know, to, to make it easier. Yes, it, the, there will be a champion. You know, mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get a green jacket put on them, and nobody's going to say, well, you know, they played in November, and, you know, we don't know what Tiger would have been like in April. Hey, but but everything with 220 should just get a big asterisk. That doesn't mean we can't do it or can't enjoy it. But just know that it really wasn't real. It, 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 you know, there's not going to be an NCAA basketball champion for this year. Right. Dawn Staley might have won a second title. Kansas might have won a title. Uh, Dayton might have won a title. We'll never know. And it's a shame. I feel for those kids. We had Jay on last week. You know, he was kind of talking about this. Um, But there's nothing you can. And if, like I said, if that's the worst thing that ever happens to those kids and they lead a nice, healthy life and and God forbid their families are healthy, you know what? That's life. Let me, uh, let me get to some non-corona topics. Okay. Sure. One I talked to you about the other day for like a little game here to keep it light. But uh, Marcus Hayes uh, wrote today um, on inquire.com pretty much like assuming the NBA season is done in his mind. Right. Yeah. I I read his story. Yeah. uh, I'm filling everybody else in. Sure. Sure. That just cut Brett Brown out of his misery at this point. Yeah. Bob Ford basically wrote. Kind of the same thing. They, I think they got their swords crossed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way Brett comes back now, is there? I wouldn't say no way if they never play. Um, I, look, I, I I adhere to your your philosophy that this organization screwed up. It just is. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, it's a bad organization from the top guy pretty much down. And whatever you think of Brett's coaching ability, 
I don't um, think this is all on him by any stretch. No, but, no. but I mean, Bob, I think Bob, and, and maybe it was more, but I think it was Bob especially, who did a pretty good job of pointing out, like, you got to throw certain years out, you know, mm-hmm. because they were tanking and all that. And, you know, the Brett took the team when they got Gallinar or uh, the two guys two years yeah. ago. And actually, you know, they, so anyway, and if Brett, Brett will get another job if he wants it. And if he doesn't want it, he'll go live in Maine or wherever the hell he wants to live. Watch, um, his, watch his son play at Larmarian. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing is if they do get another coach and three years from now haven't maybe gotten to an NBA finals, I'm just at some point the guys on top, you know, I mean, you think they're a joke and and I tend to agree with you that they don't do a whole lot of things, right? No. Um, but they do have these two really good young players who, who can be better. You know, now maybe Embiid's always going to be the guy who we say he's always out of shape and he's hurt. And Simmons might be the guy that we say, well, he never shoots, but he gets triple doubles. Um, I, I, I still think there's a chance if they don't play another game, I think there's a chance that Brett could get a chance next year. Um, it's a very short leash. If he does. Well, come sure. Back. He, I mean, yeah, they, he, he could be fired. He will not season. be guaranteed the season. Let's put it that no. way. No. Um, Although if they decide to bring him back, I mean, you know, they might just say we're giving him this. I, look, who knows what? Now, the, the other thing is because I, I think the NBA is really going to try to play somehow, whatever they do. Again, how do you judge a guy by an abbreviated? And I don't know if Simmons would be playing. Do, do we think we know what kind of shape Embiid is in? <laughs> like right now? I mean, come on. And I give um, Joel, uh, by the way, let, before we, Joel Embiid's been awesome as far as his generosity oh, through all this. He's, and he's and so has Ben Simmons and all the Philadelphia athletes who have. Who he's have, an awesome guy. Yeah. They, they, we've never had the problem with, except he talks too much sometimes, but that's okay. It's, it's his, it's his, it's conditioning. his stuff. It's his conditioning. But like, what if they had a playoff and the Sixers did well in the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe made the Eastern Final or made the final. I yeah, whatever. Would they then look at that? Like, do you judge him on that? You know, I, and I don't have an. Answer I don't have to an that. answer to it, that either. I'm... Um, but like you said, if you bring him back, and you're bringing the GM back, I guess because he's signed through next year. Um, once he goes to the and, Knicks, and you start off slow next year. You know, will people like you and I be sitting there going? And next year, you might be right if you said that, like, after five games. <laughs> he should be, he should be he could get the full Laviolette treatment at that point, you know, where he gets yeah. fired after five or six. But but for, for me to tell you that I think I know what they're going to do, most people no, that you listen does. to seem to think that he's not going to be back if there's no more games. I, I'll, I'll ask this question. I wouldn't say that necessarily. I'll ask this question in a different way. If you're Brett Brown, you're guaranteed. I think you have two more years on this contract beyond this year. Right. Do you even want to be back? I think the competitor in you does, yes. I, I think Brett, while he probably looks around and says, this is fudged up sometimes, okay? and That, the, that would sound funny back. in a mean accent, but go ahead. This is forged yeah, well, up. <laughs> yeah. But I think the competitive juices in him says, yes, like all the competitors we've covered over the years, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know, Jay Wright wants to win that game. Yeah. You know, John Chaney, wants, Fran Dunphy wants to win that game. Yeah, if they have one they more do. shot, they can get it done. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think Brett would love to say, you know what? I can get it done here. I, I think we can do this. You know, he's a positive guy. He comes out all the time when, when the walls are falling down and, you know, 
says, you know, it's going to be okay. That's just me. Um, he's in a can't lose position, I think, because he's going to get paid. If they let him go, he, he's going to he could get another job tomorrow, I think. Um, he might not want one at his age. You know, he might just want to ride off into the sunset and do whatever the heck he's going to do. Um, I have a sneaky feeling. I don't know why that he's going to be back. I don't know why. I, I I'm kind of at just that. Just to point. give us something to talk about. I think that who, for, who do you think would be like if they, who do you think they would look at? Um, Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd would be at the top of the list. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'm okay with that. Maybe Kenny. Maybe Kenny Atkinson, who was in Brooklyn. See, I mean, I I don't think Kenny's a bad coach, um, but I mean, I I still. Mark Jackson's another name that I would think about. Um, I, I, let me throw I'm not, this one at I'm you. Not, I don't, I'm not do in love think, with Mark Jackson, but go ahead. What do you think? I think he did a decent job with the Warriors, and you know, and then they got better. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Van Gundy, or is he too old? Uh, I think he's too old at this point. Okay. That's I, fair. And I just, I, I think at this point we are at a situation where they will... They, you know, honestly, uh, could, could they go for somebody? Mike D'Antoni, I think, is a free agent at the end of the year. I don't want Mike. I know. I just, I don't. I don't. He plays one way. And you can't play that way with Joel Embiid. I, I, and I, you can't play that way with Ben Simmons. I'm just throwing it out no. there. I See, my fear. That's a, it, remember, I agree with you on this. They don't always think in the same way we think about this. They don't My always. My this, Kevin, is that they get rid of Brett and pick the wrong guy. Oh, I th- yeah. And I, I don't know who that... the wrong guy is. I, 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 I'm just saying. Hind- hindsight's twenty twenty now, okay? But we all had this discussion last year after they lost to Toronto about where do you go, okay? And, and should Brett have been brought back? Should Brett have been brought back after last year? Oh, I think he should have, yeah. Because you could have got somebody like Frank Vogel. I don't care. I I think no Frank would Frank would have went to the Lakers because the Lakers is a bad, I'd rather coach LeBron than coach Embiid and Simmons. Um, that's that that's a no that's the biggest no brainer in life. Um, oh, we're gonna get Anthony Davis. Oh, okay, I'll coach that team. No, I think what did Brett not do last year? They lost in Game Seven to the NBA champions on their court. On a shot that bounced four times around the rim. No. I'm going to fire a guy because of that? No. No, 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 no. No. At some point, he's got to do a better job. But at some point, so does number 25. And, and 21. Number 21. I'm sorry. Um. All right. You and I, I had talked about this. This is something you're not on Facebook, correct? Nope. Okay. Uh, as a fun end of this show. And we've seen all these little lists and games and that have gone on. I have at least this week of, um, uh, you know, different items. So as we go forward, I want to end our shows on like a, a little bit of a positive note and everything. Okay. So I have two things in mind uh, and I, you know, I'll ask Kern, uh, this is on the fly folks. This is why unscripted. Um, would you prefer to talk about the, like six people, the six famous people, five you've met, and one that's a lie, and I try to guess it? 
or would you prefer to list like your five best events you've ever covered? See, here's the problem with the first one. Okay. Because I did this. I, I made a list of people that I had met. Okay. And there was actually a lot more than like, you know, there was like 10 of them that I, off the top of my head. Right. That I could come up with. But the problem is coming up with the one you've never met. That you think could throw somebody off. Right. Because if I, if I, like, if I threw a name at you and you would say, well, Mike wouldn't have picked that like out of the clear blue. So he must have met that person. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to come up. It's like, it's like, uh, I've got a secret or something like that. I don't know. Like, I got to come up with one that it it would almost be better if I just said, here's five people I've met. Like, where did you meet them or what did you do? Um, because I because I, I came up with a list and I had the, the one name. All right, how about we work on that then for Friday show after we're done oh, with I Kevin? Got a, I got the list. Like okay. I said, I, and I had the one name that I was going to use for the person I had never met. And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, no, he'll get that one because that one, like, y- you wouldn't have thought I would have come up with that one. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not making sense here, but no, I know I what you're think, saying that it would have been too if, obvious. If I give Kevin this name, he's going to know that I met that person because how else would I have come up with that name? You know, you know um, but I, yeah. I mean, I, All right. So how about we do that on Friday and then let me give you, let me ask you the five best events you've covered. Sure. Sure. Go ahead. What else? Oh. Okay, off, now I'm going off the top of my head. I think the you and I share number one. The, the 92 Duke, Kentucky game. Actually, we don't. <laughs> the 2006 Rose Bowl, Texas SC. Mm-hmm. Which was an awesome um, game. I watched that last week. It was incredible. Except when you're on deadline. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, look, it, it, we, it, yeah, all the writers were sitting there. Nobody was seeing the game. I, like, I looked up, and there's, you know, guys running in the end zone. I'm like, oh, okay. Um. The um, side note, by the way, on that tag, Keith, side note what? on that, side note on that, <laughs> Keith Jackson's last game was it really? Yes, I, I thought it might have been, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a phenomenal game, uh, it, it was just everything, but Duke, Kentucky was Duke, Kentucky was even better, it, it just was. Um, Tiger Woods winning the 2008 U.S. Open on one leg, which Tory Pines. I actually could have put that number one because mm-hmm. I really do think that might have been the most extraordinary thing I've ever covered. Um, Tiger winning in 97 at Augusta was a pretty, pretty big thing. Um, you know, to come in as a black man in that environment, first pro major, win by a dozen, all that. Wow, fifth. Man, see, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head things that I was at. Because um, I always think of these later and say, oh, I was there. Um, gosh. Um, man, I, I don't know. Can, can, I'm, maybe you're I'll you're missing an obvious one. Okay, what am I missing? 16. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 16. Oh, like I said, I wouldn't have six. It's funny. Like you take those five things I just gave you mm-hmm. and try to rank them. It's hard because I go, I've always considered the 92 Duke Kentucky game <clears throat> because of who was involved. What was at stake? The whole Kentucky storyline, the unforgettables and the shot. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Villanova had the shot. But as I've said to people, if Chris Jenkins misses that shot, we're going to overtime. Christian Leitner misses the shot. They it's go over. Home. Yeah. Totally different. Chance dynamic. of a repeat gone. Yeah. Yes. And that's not taking anything away from Chris Jenkins by any stretch. The, 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 the 2006 USC-Texas game was almost like the Duke-Kentucky game. Almost. You know, USC was going for a third straight national title. Um, they had the Heisman Trophy winner. Texas, unbeaten, had the runner-up to the Heisman, mm-hmm. who had this incredible game. He had the incredible game the year before in the Rose Bowl. Um, nobody will ever have two bowl games back-to-back like he had. And then I look at the two Tiger things. Um, the one was so historical, the 97 one. Yeah. But the 2008 one, I still say. It was a Rocco. 2008 is as much Rocco, on Rocco as it is Tiger, too, because Rocco. And I won. Maybe I'm selfish. The two, those two events, I my stories that I wrote for those two events won national writing awards. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why or how. And but my lead to the to the Tiger one was, at some point it wasn't about golf, it was about one two or something like that. And I said you had the Everyman, which was Rocco, you know. But to see a guy play 91 holes on one leg mm-hmm. that he had to get operated on, you know three days later or whatever, and missed the next two majors. I just find that to be, like, if he had just walked the 91 holes, you know, and he came to the 18th hole three straight days trailing. On Saturday, he makes an eagle, makes like a 50-foot putt to take the lead, and he had never lost a third-round lead in a major at that point because he hadn't been T.C. Chen, not T.C. Chen, who was the guy that beat him, um, the following year at the PGA. I know who um, you're, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, the Asian guy, and I can't think of his name, and I apologize. Y.E. Yang. Y.E. Yang. He comes on Sunday having to make birdie to force a playoff and didn't hit, and had couldn't go for the green and two, hits it on, hits that 15-foot putt that bounces like three times, goes in, and they got Rocco on one screen and Tiger on the other screen. And then the next day, he comes to the 18th hole again. He's trailing by one. And has to make and gets on into two putts and Rocco Pard. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, you know, and it was Tiger Woods. I mean, it wasn't like uh, you know Jeff Ogilvy or something. I mean, it was just yeah. I mean, and, I, and if I think about it, so, I'm sure I could come up with a couple of um, couple others that were pretty good. Right. Um, I'm probably just not you know thinking all that clear, but but those are the five that that would stand out. Do you have a w- number one? I'd probably either go Duke, Kentucky, or Tiger, two thousand eight. Okay. All right. I'm. My list is a little, a little different. It's not obviously as deep as yours. It's Pensbury and Shamini. Exactly. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. No. Um. Number one to me is the Jenkins shot, and yep. because, you know, I've tried to crystallize it, especially this week, because you you had all these playbacks and all that, and. Sure. Uh, I think Saturday was the anniver- the four-year anniversary or something. And um, mm-hmm. the way I phrase it, I even phrased it to my wife and we were talking about it. I said, that image of Jenkins with his hands outreached, with the confetti falling, okay, will be there every year forever as long as the NCAA tournament is played. Okay? Absolutely. That will be Absolutely. the image 
that will be one of the it, that's Valvano running around. That's late the Leitner shot. That's everything. Right. That's one of the three to five best images that has ever happened with the tournament. Sure, absolutely. And it will always be there. And in watching that game too, without the pressures of deadline, you realize how great a game that was. I mean, yeah, there was the there was the turnovers and and you know the ten point lead that got blown and all that. But I will say this to you, Kevin, because I've seen both games like twice. Not as good as Kentucky Duke. Now Kentucky Duke was, but I wasn't there. The game, so everybody remembers the Leitner shot. The game, the Sean Woods shot is incredible. The Sean Woods shot is is beyond belief because it's but, so awful. He shouldn't but, be taking that. Yeah, shot. But the flow of the game, I mean, they got into the. They, I mean, it did take overtime, but they got into the hundreds. Yeah, I mean that was a that was you know in the Villanova game plus into the seventies, which you know. Is, plus late plus Leitner uh plus Leitner going perfect. You know, ten for ten, 10 for from the 10, floor. 10 for 10, and he stepped on the guy's chest and should have been, been tossed out. out and, yeah. And I still can't understand why Patino didn't guard the inbound pass. But um so that's number one. Number two to me is is Doc Halliday's playoff no hitter. Sure. Um and, and because again You were there, right? Yeah, I was there that night. And yeah. look, I wasn't at the perfect game in Miami. Um I've seen Four no hitters. One, two, three, four. I, I was not at the perfect game in Miami. Okay, I saw Beckett. I saw uh, Millwood. I saw that one, and there was one more that I'm forgetting here. Um, Jackson. Uh, no, I was at the Mulholland one. Actually, Mulholland, that's the one I was at. Yeah, um, I'm not covering it. I was in the stands. Just in the stands. Yeah, I've never seen a pitcher as dominant as Roy Halladay was that night, and. Uh, the idea that, you know, a three, two pitch, he missed by about an inch and he would have thrown a perfect game. And the history of it being only Don Larson had thrown a playoff, no hitter or slash perfect game up until that point. Kevin, I'd forgotten that. Was, was that true? He only had one base runner that game. Yeah. It was a close three, two pitch that, that I think it was Jay Bruce actually. In, in what inning? Fifth. Okay. See, I didn't, I didn't, I know there wasn't many base runners, but I didn't think it was just one. And that's why, like, to me, just the uniqueness. Yeah, they award a World Series winner every year. They have, you know, there's all-star games every year and, and all that. Just that that instance for me of seeing something that only happened once before in baseball history in the playoffs, a guy making his first playoff start uh, in the middle of the most dominating pitching year you can have, which Halliday had that year. Uh, was really remarkable, and I, that that to me is number two. Number three, the best NBA game I've ever covered, uh, which was Raptors Sixers in Game Seven in '01, uh, when Vince Carter shot that banks off the back of the rim, and I've never. I heard was it. there. I was covering it. Yeah, I, I've never heard that building that loud. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I was there for game set. You were there for game seven, Milwaukee, too, right? I was there game seven, Milwaukee, and yeah, it was okay. um, that was interesting in in another way. That was that was kind of anticlimactic. No, game five was the interesting one. Yeah, game one, Robinson game five, he had fifty one, right? Yeah, but Robinson missed that like eight foot shot that would have won the game for Milwaukee, right? But Allen had like fifty one or fifty four that game. Oh yeah, it was the night he yeah. got his MVP award too, which was he had a lot of those. Oh, that playoff run was fun. Yes, it, it was. It, you know, they you knew they didn't really have a shot against the Lakers, but that playoff run was was pretty fun. Yeah, but after they won Game One, people started to think they might. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and actually two, it, they all they had almost one game too. Yeah, they had the they had the Lakers on the ropes a little bit. I'm thinking the Lakers were down six, maybe two to go. I, I all I remember game four, is that or Alan, maybe that, this is game two. Up, Allen almost came up with a steal at the foul line that would have maybe tied the game if he had gone in for a layup and he didn't get it and the Lakers scored and then but they were too banged up by that point. It didn't matter. No, they and you know they come home. Actually O'Neal fouls out of game three and Shaq or and then they still lost. Like Matumbo Matumbo was a non factor really in that series. Yeah. And, uh number four was game five of the O eight World Series, which was just so bizarre. Um, and yep. I, I know where you were. You were with your buddy Rob Cherry. Uh, no, oh no, no it, was, it was Jason Martinez. It was Martinez right? Yeah, me and Rob did the Super Bowl. Okay, and number five. Number five was the U.S. Open in thirteen. Okay, sure. Why Be- not? Because, and this is more Saturday at the U.S. Open, and it's a personal connection for me. My dad, who passed away the following year was working as a marshal um, and we stood on 17 and watched on Saturday and watched Phil put one within like three or four feet of the pin on the tee shot. And just seeing that and seeing how Phil kind of got the whole crowd. And, and if you remember, Mickelson had flown to his daughter's graduation and was there was talk whether he was going to stick around or if he would make it back or whatever. I'm trying to think of that. Um, that was just really cool, and that court, watching that course bring its players to its knees the way it did. It's well, that's because the USGA set it up to do that. It, the USGA can do anything they want. They, 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 <laughs> they can make they could they can make the score be ten over par if they want it. Um, because Marion should not have played that tough that week, given all the rain. But that's okay. It, it, it's funny how golf history does this a lot, and even other sports. So Phil should have won, and it would have been historical because Phil would have won the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. After finishing runner up, would have ended up completing times. the grand. He would have ended up with the grand slam at some point. And you, no, he, well, no, the Brit, the British was later. He would not have won the British two months later, a month later. Okay, that would have never happened. That's how golf works. He he screwed himself at Marion, then won the British, which everybody said he couldn't win. Okay, but if he wins at Marion, he would have joined Jones, Hogan, and Trevino as guys who had won there, and now instead they got Justin Rose. But, and the people... Uh, David Graham also won there, too, so... Who? David Graham also won there. Yeah, they don't count David Graham. Exactly! Justin Rose is higher than... Justin Rose is higher than David Graham. I am firmly convinced if Phil Mickelson had won that tournament, there's no way he wins the British Open the next month. No way. The golf gods, I, I swear to God, the golf gods have a way of doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Scott, the one year, lost the British Open by bogey in the last four holes as Ernie Els is sitting on the practice green, and the next year he wins the Masters. And that's happened like five times with me. You know, um, Rory McIlroy goes to Augusta and throws up on himself on the final nine to lose and wins the U.S. Open two months later, yeah. his first major. The it's congressional, just, right. Yeah, and that's why I think Phil won – at the British uh, a month later, and he's never going to win a U.S. Open now because. But everybody wanted him. Nothing against Justin Rose. Justin Rose, great guy. 
Everybody wanted Phil to win that. I mean, there wasn't very many people Phil, on the grounds that weren't rooting for Phil. Was Phil? It was, was it on fourteen when Phil on on Sunday were Phil thirteen and fifteen. Thirteen. One was the one was the ninety yard part three. It's one hundred and twenty. Right. But he used he used a wedge, and I think he hit it in the back bunker. Uh, could use the wrong wedge. Makes bogey, and then on fifteen he, he hit a wedge. He overflowed. Mm-hmm. Didn't hit enough wedge. And three putted. Those two bogeys kept him from either winning or being in a playoff. And and then Rose, I think. Birdie. And it would have been an eighteen. Remember, back then we would have had to come back Monday. Yeah. Which nobody wanted to do. No, because it also was a rainy week that week. That that course. The it thing a, it was a mud, it was a mud it was putt. a mud putt. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no way those guys should have shot even par, because they should have been throwing darts at the greens. But the USGA can do that. And they did, and Marion's a great course. It's it's, you know, they should have the open. They they will have the open there in two thousand thirty. I will guarantee it. Um, for the hundredth anniversary of Bobby Jones, um, but yeah, it's it, there's a reason why it's this number sixth or seventh ranked course in America. And you're right. The USGA can pretty much do what they want. I mean, I was down. Do what they want. I went to congressional as a fan in in ten, and uh, with my dad. Eleven. And, or 11, right. And where was it in 10? It may have been Pebble. 10 was Pebble. Right. In 11. And that course, aside from McElroy, McElroy had figured it out. Everybody yeah. else had, everybody else was just lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, like, it's going to be interesting this year because Wingfoot traditionally is like one of the hardest ones they play. Wingfoot and Oakmont usually. Are, are two of the top, but Wingfoot Olympic Club too. But Wingfoot is like where they had the massacre of Wingfoot in '73, Hail Irwin moment, like a seven over par. The Corey Pavin, the Corey Pavin year was Wingfoot, correct? No, nah, no, nah, that was um. Uh, or was that Shinnecock? Okay. Uh, Wingfoot was um where Phil blew it, um, right. uh, in two thousand five uh six when Jeff Matt uh, Ogilvy won because Phil double bogeyed the last hole, took the driver um, out, right? Right. Um. But the scores there are never good. Now, the preparation they're going to have for it might not be the same as the preparation they would have had if we never had the coronavirus. I don't know what it's going to look like in September. Um, so maybe it won't play as tough. Maybe it'll play harder. You know, who knows? September, I don't know what kind of weather they're going to get in New York or whatever, as opposed to, you know, 90 degrees in June. I'll tell um, you what, mid, mid-November in, in Georgia – for, it'll be chilly. It'll be chilly. Yeah. No azaleas. Uh, no dogwoods, no azaleas. I mean, I, you know, and who knows what that means. I don't I, I don't know if it favors this guy, that guy, you know, wh- whoever. I mean. Better for the allergies. Yeah, but Tiger's won five Masters, so I don't know if his allergies were that much of a hindrance. <laughs> And he always complained about the allergies, correct? That he always had, he had bad allergies. Yeah, he had, he had bad allergies. And Augusta obviously is a bad. I've been down to Augusta. I have allergies. It's not, it's not good. You know, but I mean, when they were at uh, what was it Pinehurst? I think one year he was. There was a lot of times where Tiger was bothered by his allergies, but it didn't stop him from winning fifteen majors. So, and I think, by the way, I think that total was pretty much sealed up. I'm not sure he's going to add another one in here. Well, but but people said that you know, before last year. I mean, right. it, 
he's going to have, I still think he's got two or three years, I could be wrong, where he'll have moments. Now the back is starting to worry me again. He can't be good for like 12 straight weeks. That's not going to happen. But he's going to have those, and I think this year, I mean, I don't know what his back was like because he didn't play in the players, but I'm sure he was aiming for the Masters because that's what he probably does every year. There will be certain weeks or certain courses. Like two years from now, they go to St. Andrews. They would have went to St. Andrews next year. They're going to go in two right. years. He's won twice there. I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's the favorite, or whatever, but I will guarantee you when Tiger shows we'll play up well. at St. Andrews, if he's physically okay, he will have a chance. You know, I, I, he might be 20 to 1, 30 to 1. The, the one issue that Tiger will have as a, uh, is he doesn't hit as long as some of the other doesn't matter. Well, he went to, did you watch the British Open in 2006? Yeah. He went there and he didn't hit a driver all week. And he was playing with Sergio the one day and Sergio's hitting an eight iron to the green and Tiger's hitting a five iron and Tiger's putting it closer than his eight iron. No, it, it, it's, he doesn't hit it as long as Brooks Kepka anymore. He doesn't, he, he's not, he's not, he's 45 years old. I mean, he's not going to. That doesn't. That's why at a place like St Andrews, you don't have to. I mean, it's always an advantage. The fir, the, fir, mo, the the guy who hits the ball the longest is always going to have an advantage because he's going to mm-hmm. be closer to the hole. But you still have to play from there. Yeah, I'll bet you last year at Augusta, I would love to see where Tiger ranked in driving distance. I'll bet you it wasn't all that great. Wasn't that great? No. But I'll bet you in greens and regulation, he probably led the field. Yeah. And that's why he won. All right, so. Let's recap. Uh, we're hoping to get Gene Victorino on here in the next couple of days. I know he was supposed to do Marks and Reese today at 3 o'clock, but when I was out, he was not on. So uh, hopefully everything machine is good. Hopefully we'll hear from him shortly and have that show. Uh, Kevin Nagandi will join us on Friday. Uh, plus Mike and I will go over our list of famous people and the one we didn't meet. Uh, try to play a little game there. Next week, Colleen Wolf will join us, um, hopefully. Uh, as we get ready for the NFL draft, uh, Colleen, obviously from NFL Network, formerly of NBC Sports Philadelphia and Fox 29, you should point out. Uh, we also have a couple other people in the works. Uh, I have a cool show for actually in two weeks uh, that we're lining up uh, as we're trying to get topics. Mike, you had mentioned, or somebody mentioned to you today that um, we ask people, you know, to give us a review. Uh, on whatever platform you're listening to us. Um, if you can give us a five-star review, that would be awesome. Uh, and suggestions, correct? They can do whatever they want. Yeah, okay. They wanna... paying, paying us would be better. Yes. But, you know. but right now we would appreciate the suggestions and everything. And uh, any suggestions you have for the show as we move forward here, um, you know, until we get, games back that we can talk to uh if there are people you want to hear from uh that would be great i think i just had a bowling alley breakout on my in my uh upstairs area there you go <laughs> um by the way I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say this i slipped and fell in my house today there mike i've been to your house that's not hard to do well i fell in my kitchen the um the dogs had left the little slobber and that happens uh, and i um put a foot down and wasn't exactly secure on the kitchen floor and uh, whoops it easy. So be careful. You don't want to have to go to a hospital right now. No, no, I'm okay. 
It's just okay. It's a couple scratches, you know. Um, so, what's Kern watching right now? President's going to be coming on soon. Oh, so you're going to watch him? How, how have you liked the American experience? American experience is awesome. I mean, I've only seen like four of them. Um, and some of them, like the Amelia Earhart one was like 1993. Right. So I've seen a lot more. But I love that kind of stuff. I mean, the one, the, the one on World War One, it was six hours. It was three part. It was fascinating. I mean, I, there was so much stuff I had, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, amazingly, like how bad this country treated its people while we were trying to save the world from democracy. Apparently Woodrow Wilson was just this, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about it. And they had one on polio was, was fascinating. Was awesome. I did see that one. And they've got like four coming on this week. Um, I'm not going to remember all the titles, but yeah. I, and I went on to see if I could get them on demand. Some are free on, on demand, but most of them, you got to stream them on something. So, uh, I actually have been watching, well, I watched Lada's voice, which is the, um, I watched it again. Second time. Uh, it's the Roger Ailes thing on Showtime, um, which uh, talking about, you know, the, the birth of Fox News and everything. So I watched some of that. And uh, on HBO, I had a uh, I have on my DVD. I have uh, or I have DVDs. I've been watching John Adams, uh, the uh, series HBO did on John Adams off the David McCullough book. Uh, Paul Giamatti, Laura Linney. Laura Linney is great. In it. I love Paul Giamatti. Paul- I, I- Ever since I saw Sideways, he's my fave. Uh, have you seen John Adams yet? No, no. It's about it seven. Was on Showtime, no, because I don't. No, get, it's on HBO. I don't, I don't get any of those. Like any any HBO. Well, you're Comcast Showtime. now, right? Yeah, I believe some of them get now. Yes, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. yeah. I just haven't went through and seen what I could get. Yeah, if you get a shot to see it, do it. It's really good. So okay, and you would like it. So, all right, Mister Kern, I'll see you on. Uh, I'll talk to you on Friday. Okay, babe. Unless we hear, uh, unless we we hear uh, maybe about a, a, a Mr. Victorino uh, joining us here, but uh, Kevin Nagandi will join us on Friday. So glad to have you along. Everybody, stay safe. But for Mike Kern, I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us here on Working the Beat.